as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Just like that, we've got another election upon us. It is early vote now for the general election coming up in May. Hilda Salinas from Hidalgo County and Remy Garza from Cameron County. They are the elections administrators joining us right now. Let's start with Hilda. So how many Good morning. How many entities have contracted with the county to run the election uh, in a few days? We have a total of 9 entities that have contracted with us. Uh we have uh 3 school districts as well as uh 7 uh cities mm-hmm. and but one drainage district. So uh, the drainage district does have the special election. And we have several cities that do have several races on the ballot, and some of the school districts will have some bonds and propositions. You're not doing the McAllen election, right, for school district or for city hall, right? We are running the McAllen ISD okay. uh, election. Yes, we are. So name the institute. Well, name the cities and, and the organizations that are partnering with you. Okay, the cities would be uh, the city of Alton, the city of La Villa, city of Mercedes. City of Benitas, City of Far, hmm. and the school districts will be McAllen ISD, Progreso ISD, and Sherryland ISD. All right, and we got early votes. Hours, más o menos, Hilda. What, what you got to, as far as operating hours and how many days? Our hours of operation will be uh, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and uh, throughout early voting, it will be from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., except for the last day of early voting. Sunday, we will be closed. Early vote is here, people. It's, it's Election Day. Hilda Salinas is our Hidalgo County Elections Administrator. Hilda, Tim Sullivan here. On the ballot, you have mostly you know, city commission and school board races, candidates themselves vying for various positions. But you also mentioned a couple of bond measures. What, what are the bond measures on the ballot this time around? Well, the the city of Alton does have a proposition, and uh, so does the drainage district. The drainage district does also have a bond election as well. So we encourage our voters to visit our website, uh, so that way they can read through those. If, of course, they are going to be voting in, in those elections and before they head to the polls. Remy Garza, our Cameron County Elections Administrator, Okay, Remy, take a look at the menu. Who are you helping out this go-around? Uh, well, we've got the city of Brownsville, the San Benito CISD, uh, San Benito City, uh, Combs, uh, the Hardison CISD, uh, city of Laferia, city of Los Indios, city of Port Isabel, city of Primera, city of Rio Hondo, I'm sorry, the Rio Hondo CISD, and the Port Isabel San Benito Navigation District and the Santa Rosa CISD. So okay. we've got 11 entities that we're conducting elections for. Sure, quite a few um, hours of operation. Where do we find all that? Well, uh, on our on our website at cameravotes.com, we're going to be open from 9 to 7 all this week, uh, and then the last two days will be 8 to 8. So in Cameron County, it's 9 to 7. Um, and another thing to remember is that we have, um, these are local elections, so you'll have to go to the early voting location in your jurisdiction that you're, you're going to be voting in. Uh, we don't have the countywide voting for this early voting, so you'll need to go specifically to uh, a location in the Harnsett School District or in one of the other entities. All right, go ahead, Tim. Yeah, Remy, um, I'm going to guess you're expecting a, a relatively good turnout this time around. You have a pretty interesting mayoral election mm-hmm. in Brownsville. Uh, yeah, the city of Brownsville does have a mayor, a, a commissioner at large, and, and two of their single-member districts. Uh, there has been a lot of uh, campaigning and activity in the community, so we're fully expecting to see uh, a real robust turnout for the city of Brownsville. 
uh, and some of our other uh, jurisdictions, like in San Benito, where you have both mm-hmm. the school district and the city. Yeah, some uh, Brownsville is not the only city in Cameron County with a mayoral race. Back to Hidalgo County, Hilda, the the early vote. You could vote at any location, right, for any and all of these different cities and school districts that that are participating right now. Right? Yes, throughout early voting, you can vote at any polling locations, and okay. we have 24 early voting polling locations located throughout Hidalgo County. Right, so Hilda, are, you, are yeah. you keeping an eye on the legislature? There is a bill that has passed, huh. yeah. uh, I think, the Senate that would, that would eliminate countywide uh, voting. That would we that are would, keeping an eye on that. Yes, yes, I know. Uh, it would cause uh, you know some changes, uh, but in a sense, it would take it back to precinct by precinct. Yeah. How long has Hidalgo County been doing the countywide polling now? Well, countywide polling, uh, the countywide polling place a program uh, on election day to be offered on election day was first piloted in November of 2017. Now, throughout early voting um, here in Hidalgo County, you can vote at any polling location, you know, throughout early voting. That's what, you know, we're able to offer here. But on Election Day, that's when it's a little different. And um, here with Hidalgo County, because we implement the countywide polling place program, you can vote at any Election Day polling location. Your ballot will be there. And that one is... um is under fire right now in Austin. The day of election, countywide vote might be eliminated if, if lawmakers keep pressing forward with, with that idea. Back to Remy Garza. That was Hilda Salinas, or Hidalgo County Elections Administrator. Remy Garza, our Cameron County Elections Administrator. Things to remember as you go early vote. Things to take with you, all those things. Remy, what you got? Uh, you want to make sure that you're bringing a form of identification. If you have one of the seven accepted uh, photo IDs that have been issued to you by either the state of Texas or the federal government, um, you'll need to bring one of those with you. But there is the alternative. If you have a reasonable impediment, meaning you cannot obtain one of those seven IDs or you've lost it, um, then you can bring alternate forms such as bank statements, uh, your voter certificate. But that's only if you haven't been issued one of the other seven photo IDs that are accepted. Uh, usually with that, we can qualify you to vote uh, at the, the early voting place. Okay, and that doesn't spit you to the sideline as a provisional vote, right? You'll be able to allow if you show up with any of all those right. those documents, right? It, it, exactly. If, you, if okay. you declare a reasonable impediment, you're still allowed to vote a regular ballot because you've identified yourself through this alternate uh, method. All right. uh, but if you don't have any form of ID, you will be allowed to vote provisional, and then you'll have six days uh, after the election day to okay. bring us uh, a copy of that ID. From Brownsville to San Benito, Harlingen, also their ISD, uh, Los Indios, Port Isabel, all those communities. Again, where to go to find the hours of operation, locations to go vote, Remy, in Cameron County? Uh, you'll go to CameronVotes.com, and we'll have them all listed, and we'll have uh, them by jurisdiction. So you, if you're from Harlingen area, you can click on that. If you're from the moderate area, you can click on those, yeah. and they'll tell you where your ballots will be. Remy, anything else before I let you go? Uh, just remember, in Cameron County, we open up at 9. Uh, we're not as, as uh, early birds as Hidalgo <laughs> County. Okay. You guys actually go and enjoy breakfast, and then you open up. Whereas we take breakfast with us here in Hidalgo County. Hilda Salinas, Hidalgo County. Uh, anything, uh, final thought before I let you go? And also, where to find the polling locations? Yes, uh, you can also visit our, wealth, our, our website at www.hidalgocounty.us forward slash elections. Uh, we have very neat tools. Find your nearest early voting location, your sample ballot lookup tool, as well as uh, early voting schedules and times. All right, folks, good luck. Thank you for your time today. Thank that's, you. That's Hidalgo County Elections Administrator Hilda Salinas and our Cameron County Elections Administrator Remy Garza.
You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Ramiro Garza from the metropolis of Edinburgh, Texas. Before we talk about the Economic Developments Summit that you will be hosting, I believe, in the month of June, uh, we are rapidly expanding market, growing by leaps and bounds, people moving down here. I mean, I always keep, for the last three months when you blew my mind, you, you told me we had like 60, 70 <laughs> subdivisions in <laughs> Edinburgh alone that you guys were yeah. under construction with hammers flying all over the place. It's Bloomtown, USA, and... Good things happening in South Texas. LNG on the way. SpaceX continues to experiment. They'll continue to grow. It's really good times in South Texas. It's, just, it's amazing. So what do you think? Can we, should we put in a bid? Somebody at an economic development office out there put in a bid to host a big, fat IKEA store here in South Texas with Mexico and all the shopping that they do around here. What do you think? Sure. I, I Look, I don't see why not. I don't think you'll find anyone in the region that would, would not want to do that. Um, I mean, it, it's a, an opportunity for us, absolutely. The issue, I will tell you, Sergio, and I, I, you want, again, you're not going to find anybody that tells you uh, no, <laughs> that we shouldn't. But I, I will tell you, though, one thing that it's a challenge for us here, as fast as we're growing, as much as we are, it's very positive, right? Uh, all the every every community in the region has something going on it, it, that adds to the great things happening. But the the challenge that we have, Sergio, is that our area is not evaluated as other areas are. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, we have 1.4 million people on the U.S. side, right? Mm-hmm. That unfortunately, statistically, those brokers and developers that work with IKEA to assess areas, right? That's all they're going to include. They're not going to include the Mexican side. Oh, really? Right? And, wow. and, and, and and let me tell you, it's not that they don't want to set heel. The problem is that is they've got, you know, corporate executives to answer to, and and they don't know how to evaluate our area. I have to say it like that. With all respect to, to this day. You know, people that evaluate wow. our area. Oh, well, let me just tell you, well, it's, it's hard to understand for them because, remember, um, they're going based on data sets from the U.S. Census and all that. Mexico has INEGI, which they should use that. That's our, you know, counterpart to our Census Bureau. But all they, they do use is maybe traffic counts and maybe sales activity, right? But in terms of the actual, uh, you know, residential population or, or actual uh, demographics here, um, it, it's just the U.S. side. And I do know things like IKEA, they do rely on a very large population, right? Um, of course, household income and all that. Um, I happen to think that it would do wonderful here because of the our friends in Mexico, the shoppers, and together with us here. And I think it would do very well. There's a lot of people that drive up to go to IKEA, I, and um, uh, they should probably get receipts and see where the people are coming from. By asking <laughs> you, from here. by by asking you, I know I'm asking an expert in economic development because I know this is your strong suit. Look, there's data on our side. For example, FAR, uh, leadership, our, our mayor in FAR, Ambrosio, you know, he and the crew at EDC, they'll look at Golden Corral or they'll look at Sam's Club. Look at that Sam's Club uh, square footage. The mall in McAllen, uh, Keith, and anybody at the chamber will point to the assignment properties. They look per square footage, one of the top in the nation. It's not just a little population, you know, relatively speaking, I mean, compared to Houston and New York. It's not, it's not just Metro, Edinburgh, Mission, McAllen. It's the Mexican. They're able to lure other national names down here with that. I find it amazing that to this day, some of these brokers refuse to use that data. Do they do the same thing in Canada? Because I know we got northern markets that have Canadian cities right across their border, and, and they probably count those populations. And say, look, the potential business is just mind-blowing. Do they do the same thing up in, at the U.S.-Canadian border? 
I do not know that, Sergio, but I will tell you that they do take it into consideration, but not the whole picture. And what, what do I mean by that? You know, you do a radius analysis, right? You put a you put a, put a pin on a location, right, anywhere in the valley. Well, at the river, it stops. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that their reliable uh, data sets that they use to compare areas, regions, right, it's all based on data that they have and they rely on on those data sets. And so on the Mexican side, um, you know, he has the same data. And I, the university, ETRGV, in fact, has access to that. And we have that information. I, I just don't know if that's used as as is the information on the U.S. side. But again, that's not going to stop us. I'm just telling you a challenge. Yeah, okay? no, I mean, yeah. I, we've overcome that. You know, we've overcome that with a lot of the things that are happening in the region. Um, it, it's just uh, difficult to get a new entity, a new corporate entity to understand that. That's all. No, I mean, I, believe I, I, me, a lot of folks that once they got here, they, they're just like, we should have been here 10 years ago. Yeah. And I will say, uh, said here real quick, and I, I don't want to serious under, cause I know that's, that's another topic we're going to talk about. That's why I've always pushed for us to come together as one region. Yeah. And you know why? Absolutely. Because once we come together, um, it's no longer about you know, we're still going to exist as cities, okay, and as EDCs. All of us will, are still going to exist. This is just going up to the 30,000-foot level, right, to where now it's the RGB, one region, one voice. When IKEA or someone went to a plane or wherever they're located, I don't know how many there are over there, they didn't say, we're going to go to that city. You know what they said? We're going to go to DFW, mm-hmm. right? And when they went to the Houston area, they said, we're going to go to Houston, okay? So I, I think we're already there okay in terms of the region working together we just need to formalize it and that's all this is and that's why i'm very excited to uh you know come together my fellow mayors mayor villalobos all the mayors everybody and the edcs it's time for us to just formalize it we already work together there's already working relationships it's just we need to formalize it so that, um, you know, we can together, said here, we can compete with just about anybody. This Economic okay. Development <laughs> Summit in June, Mayor, did you call for this? Uh, who who rang the bell, the, this powwow? Did you call for this? Well, look, well, look I'm not going to take full credit. I think there's a lot of us that have been working on this for some time. There's a lot of new leadership in the region. You know, Mayor Norma in Harlington. I know Trey's leaving, and, and but he's been involved. And Mayor Villalobos, uh, Mayor Nandes, all, all, uh, most of the leadership in the region um, and the county judges as well. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about this for some time, and uh, we just thought that a way to kind of kick it off is let's have a summit. We used to have it, said here, over 20 years ago when I started in economic development. We used to have an annual RGV economic summit. We used to invite somebody from the governor's office, and we used to host it in different cities. We would rotate, one year in Cameron County, another in Hidalgo, and, and we're going to start it again. We're going to kick it off at, uh, at the arena here in Edinburgh. Good. The Rio Grande Valley Partnership is kind of, you know, the ones that are going to help facilitate and take the lead because they're a regional uh, organization, right? That um, I think uh, it, it's only uh, yeah, uh, fitting that a, they do it because yeah. they, they have a regional business presence, right? So there's there's one word that just is burned in my, in my mind, Mayor, synergy. And I don't think I've ever seen this type of synergy. We've never worked so close before as far as all the top cities. The county is now thinking more unified. We're unified as far as funding for the area when it comes to roads. But between workforce and the school district, some of them by leaps and bounds. And they're moving more to, to train our kids, our babies, for those incredible job opportunities that are coming. Plus also getting ready for college to do their thesis and, and do you know write their papers. But A&M loving on us with workforce, with a university, UTRGV, our medical school. So I, I wish you great success and the Rio Grande Valley Partnership. Thank you for taking the lead on this and having that conversation with top leadership in economic development. What, when is the date, Mayor? Uh, how many are you meeting over several well, days or what's going that, on? Well, it is just a one day event. Okay. Uh, we're trying to finalize the date. Said so you very, very soon, hopefully by next week or so, because okay. we're trying to get a keynote speaker that I think we need here for our area. And we're working around that individual's calendar. So, um, but it's really going to be. Yeah, I heard you mention Steve Alanius uh, earlier. You know, my friend Steve used to have a similar event. It was just kind of a McAllen economic barometer. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, the index, down, absolutely. Um, the index used to yeah. bring down somebody from the Federal Reserve, things like that. So think of an event that like that that used to be held just in McAllen. Now it's going to be for the whole region, yeah. right? Oh, so awesome. we're probably going to have some 
somebody Federal Reserve, somebody uh, that's going to just come share the latest and greatest of our region, and then also go over things that are happening. You know what's happening, Sergio. You talk about it every day. But you know what? We need to tell our story uh, uh, more often than not and come together as a region. There's so many great things happening here, and business attracts business. You know, I tell you what, uh, as people find out more about our valley, we're, we're slowly being discovered more and more, right? And I, that's a good thing. And I think that's what the summit aims to do. And I'm hoping that at the summit, at the uh, end of the summit, we're all, I think, as leadership, uh, mayors and elected officials, I'm hoping to have a pledge where we all sign that we're going to formalize a relationship to market the region across the world. Yeah. And believe me, with all the positive headlines that we can get from SpaceX catapulting us uh, into the news, LNG and everything else, all the big things that are happening in the area. Yeah, it's it's time to I, – I would hope and pray that this movement, the synergy, this movement toward working together, it finally – we finally melt into one somehow. Thank you, Mayor, for your time. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Sergio. I appreciate it. Ramiro Gadsen, our Mayor for Edinburgh. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have an multiple In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is Newstalk 710-KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FNT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Hess Air. The Rio Grande Valley tip of the spear when it comes to economic development these days. Just the amazing headlines. We're launching stuff into space from Brownsville with our port of Brownsville nearby. Our mayor... Trey Mendez from Brownsville a few days back had a State of the City address, and we want to give him some time and review some of the highlights and some, some of the talking points. Mayor Trey, appreciate your time. So on the economic development side, either housing or retail sales or some of the more interesting numbers, construction, share with us some of the data that you were able to share with folks at Brownsville at that get-together recently. Sure. Uh, good morning, Sergio. Um there's a lot of really positive numbers coming out of the city of Brownsville. Um, I don't know if you had an opportunity to, to watch the state of the city. It, it was something that was recorded and still available for viewing. But some of the overall big picture numbers since 2019, when I came in as mayor, we've seen a 44.9% growth in sales tax revenue. We've also seen almost triple the amount of residential and commercial development that we saw in 2019, and actually it doubled from last year. So last year in 2021, we saw about $212 million, more or less, in residential and commercial development. Mm-hmm. This past year in 2022, we saw $425 million. Wow. So double year over year, which is incredible. Uh, you know, really unprecedented growth here in the city of Brownsville. We've approved several new residential lots, which is really showing the demand for housing here in Brownsville as well, right? Yeah. I mean, we're trying really hard as a city to speed things up and, and meet that demand for housing. And, and then uh, we also approved a, a lot of new commercial lots and commercial development. So this past year, we saw $425 million in development. And this year, uh, we're off to a pretty good start as well. We're seeing an increase again in sales tax revenues here in the city of Brownsville. So it's just been an amazing four years. Really, the last two have been incredible really finishing strong in my term. And with the economic promises on the horizon, maybe just the beginning of very good things, what is driving all the economic growth in the area? Uh, there's several factors, said here. I think that, first of all, we were really, we took a very focused and a very strategic approach to growth and development here in the city uh, when I came on board in, in 2019. When I was elected, we didn't even have a, a strategic plan. So put that together pretty early on and have been following that ever since. And a big part of that was speeding up the permitting process. We had to tear down our development code, build it back up. We did that in record time, got it on online. Now we have a digital process. 
which we didn't have certainly a few years ago. So that's made it quicker. We're really trying to focus on setting deadlines for permitting. You hear other cities have as many as six months to a year long process. We're really trying to streamline that to be uh, less than a month and at about two weeks for residential permits. And then certainly SpaceX has been a big a big help in bringing people to the area. They're our largest private employer. They're at about 1,700 employees now. Majority of those are, are from the region. So that's a big, big deal. We've seen a lot of people wanting to come to Brownsville because of the growth and development and industry. And we've really taken an innovative approach to technology and, and our process in growing has been a smart process and, and very focused. So I think all of that combined has, has really been a big factor. Sharing portions of the state to the city address from a few days back, our mayor in Brownsville, Trey Mendes. Yeah, Mayor Tim Sullivan here. Back to the housing issue for a moment, and because, as you mentioned, the growth is just, it's tremendous. So how do you develop all of these new subdivisions without ignoring, you know, folks who've lived in Brownsville all their lives, in, in the older housing, in the lower income parts of the city? How can you keep folks in those homes as home prices you know, soar in other parts of the city? Well, I mean, those individuals, Tim, that, that already have houses, I don't think are the issue, right? The residents that are here aren't really the concern. They have their own houses. They've been here. What we're looking at is, is affordability and availability of properties coming on the market for those that are looking for houses, whether it's, it's people that are next generation that, that are looking for homes that grew up here, possibly, people that are graduating from school looking for for starter homes or people that are moving to the area. I really see it as something that the private industry should be taking care of. However, from the city end, we need to play our part in making it as easy and fast as possible to bring developments online. Whenever a city grows very quickly, you're always going to have an issue with having enough property available. But I feel like we've been moving very quickly to do that. We approved a couple thousand new residential lots last year. The private sector is taking their in this and building the, the houses. There's a lot of construction. Just drive through Brownsville, you're going to see all the construction. We have a new development, uh, Madeira, that's on the outside mm-hmm. of Brownsville. That's about over a thousand acres. It's at the end of this going to be probably about a billion dollar development. So that's a big deal. But whenever you're going fast, like I said, it's a concern to ensure that you have enough inventory. We're doing our best to do that. And I think we've done a good job. Do you see the downtown areas as a place that can accommodate uh, a number of residents? I'm thinking, you know, loft developments and things like that. I know that there's interest in some some developments like that. We have a couple already. There's also a couple of larger structures here downtown specifically that are being developed by some of our nonprofit partners, the Housing Authority and Come Dream, Come Build. That's going to bring a couple hundred units online in downtown. And then if there's any private development that's looking to that, it's definitely something that's going to be happening here in the next year or two. You've got four people looking to succeed you in in the mayoral position. Who among those four candidates do you think will best continue the the road that Brownsville is currently on? Well, Tim, I, I told Ted this earlier. I'm not allowed to endorse candidates. I'm not allowed to really make comments or opinions on that. So I can't touch that one. I'm sorry. Tell us who you would not vote for. How about that? <laughs> I'm not going to do that either. Sorry. <laughs> We're kidding. We're kidding. All right. Trey Mendez, our mayor at Brownsville. Are you of the opinion that Brownsville, the way we keep growing in Brownsville, down the road 10 years or so, Brownsville, when it comes to retail activity, retail sales and sales, might surpass McAllen, which some years back, McAllen was twice as big compared to Brownsville when it came to retail activity. And you're catching up really quick. Man, you're opening up shops all over the place and all this development. Do you think Brownsville, quite soon, maybe within a decade, might surpass McAllen when it comes to retail activity? And are you preparing for that? Because that's a lot of infrastructure for all those stores and, and shopping centers. That's very aspirational. I think that's definitely something that we, we if we achieve that, that that's going to be a big deal. But McAllen has a really big head start. Uh, they do a great job on retail uh, numbers. I mean, they, they have much higher retail numbers than we do. We're doing and, and the reason, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mayor, but the reason I ask you, yes, SpaceX is exciting, and yes, the largest employer in the area, and continuing to grow, let's say things go really good for Elon Musk, our neighbor. But with liquefied natural gas coming to the area and jobs, 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 all over the place in construction and permanent jobs and all the, the businesses that will branch from all of that, the economic growth in Brownsville will likely be explosive over the next 10, 15, 20 years. I can imagine Brownsville being a destination point for tourism as well. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the numbers over the last two years alone has shown the explosive growth. I mean, it's nothing we've seen before. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've done a good job of managing that and preparing for that and strategizing for that. Certainly, we are looking to increase our retail footprint. You've seen a lot of new businesses that are coming to the area, new restaurants, a lot of new shopping, commercial areas, kind of like the chicken and egg scenario, right? They're not going to show up unless we have the infrastructure and the market to support it, which we do. So you're starting to see a lot of that come to the area now. You're going to see more of that. We know that there are many strengths. We know that there are many opportunities. And in the quick SWOT analysis, let's grab that last letter. Threats, the continued success and growth at Brownsville. What do we need to avoid? The threats to or continued growth at Brownsville. We've got plenty of land. I mean, Brownsville is really only about 50% built out up to now. It just depends on on the strategy and, and how that growth occurs. So if you don't have the proper leadership in place, you don't have the proper planning infrastructure in place and the leadership, then it can be a concern, right? Because if businesses aren't able to open, if there's not that environment that's conducive to business and, and development, then yeah. that's certainly a concern. We've done a good job of that over the last couple of years, but I can't, you know, I can't control what happens when I'm gone. To go back to your other question, I mean, I think that there are some candidates that are more qualified than others, certainly. Just look at their resumes and look at their achievements. Leadership is a big deal. Management's a big deal. Planning and, and strategy is a, a big part of this. If businesses don't feel that they have the proper tools in place in the mm -hmm. city, they're probably not going to want to come. You know, I'm very hopeful. I'm very bullish on the future of the city, and I think we're going to see some uh, some continued growth over the next several years. You're going to stick around to planning and zoning, EDC, board, anything like that after... I'm uh, looking forward to going back and, and uh, being a lawyer and, and running a law practice and, and doing some other fun stuff. Mayor, thank you always. That's our mayor in Brownsville, Trey Mendez. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Hidalgo County new court magistrate is Larry Esparza. And we welcome him to the program. I would imagine that this position, Larry, is... Much like those people at HEB trying to guide people away from the longest lines to the cashiers that are least empty, right? Like air traffic control, is that what the court magistrate is going to do? Uh, so the magistrate's position will be, I'll be working closely with our judges uh, to help alleviate some of the overcrowding at the jail uh, and helping them move their criminal docket. Um, I'll be doing magistrations, uh, which is the initial process when an individual is taken into custody, advising them of their rights, setting bonds. And also helping them with, uh, you know, whatever matters they may have on their criminal dockets as far as uh, hearing bond reductions um, and if, if possible in the future doing pleas. Uh, my office would be or the courtroom is directly there, right there at the jail. Okay. Uh, so that will help with you know, having them transport inmates towards the towards the courthouse and so forth. So perhaps uh, there. there we go. You get an answer real quick from somebody who shows up and, and that way alleviate the court from having to take on. Another case. For folks not familiar with you, Larry, I know you've been a local leader in many respects. Uh, tell folks about your background, what you've been doing the past several decades down here. Well, um, I'm originally from Edinburgh, been in McCallum the last 33 years. Uh, been married for 33 years. I've got three children. Uh, I've been, I started my career as an educator. I worked as a teacher and as an administrator for about 13 years. In 99, I went to law school at St. Mary's University. I've been practicing this past November. I completed 20 years as an attorney, uh, mostly in the area of criminal defense. Uh, for the last 10 years, I've been the chief of the, well, actually, I've been working for the public defender's office for the last two, 10 years, 
the last three and a half years as the chief uh, public defender there for Hidalgo County. Larry Esparza is the Hidalgo County, and this is a new position for us in Hidalgo County, the court magistrate for our county. Yeah, Larry, Tim That's Sullivan right. here. Um, let me ask you your opinion. Why do you think Hidalgo County hasn't made this move uh, prior to now to get a magistrate judge in place? Uh, other counties have a magistrate judge, and, and the county, Hidalgo County, has long had a lengthy backlog. Um, what, what do you think? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it, I think it's a wise decision on behalf of our county uh, leaders and our, our, our judges. Uh, like you said, a lot of the larger districts have magistrates already. Um, this this position is part of a grant, so it's it's a great opportunity for the county. You know, to uh, actually, I'll be responsible for building up the program and making it work. Uh, and hopefully, in two years from now, the county will decide to keep the position. Um, the the this, the problem of the overcrowding as you mentioned, has been there for many years. I think the pandemic uh, just exasperated that situation. Oh, no doubt. Uh, There's yeah. a lot of individuals individuals who wanted their day in court, and we just weren't able to bring in juries. Uh, our district clerk has done a wonderful job for the last year and a half or so, uh, bringing in smaller panels of jurors on a daily basis uh, so that, and the courts have been open now, but they were actually open the whole time. They just weren't, we weren't, because of space confinements, we weren't able to bring jurors in. Uh, but I think our district clerk has done a great job. Our, our judges, attorneys, everybody has done a great job over the last year and a half uh, in, in getting the wheels rolling again. Well, not only are you have you been brought in to help you know clear the the criminal court docket, clear that backlog. I th- think one goal here then too is to hopefully reduce the overcrowding in the in the Hidalgo County Jail as a result. That's that's the ultimate goal. Um, I know they, they, our county leaders have looked at various options, uh, and, and I think this one uh, will help that. There's a lot of individuals, like as I mentioned, that uh, have very serious felony charges, um, have not been able to make bond, and they want their day in court. So, um, you know, hopefully this will alleviate that and get, get you know, get the numbers down there at our jail. I know everybody's been working hard doing their part. Larry Esparza is our brand-new court magistrate for Hidalgo County. That's a new position and going to help with a little bit of air traffic control between the jail and the court system and all these cases. Would you say that any pandemic backlog of cases, has that been cleared already? Larry, I know you've been there near the courthouse for a while. Has that been cleared? No, I, I don't think it has. Uh, as I mentioned, um, it's about a, we're about a year now, maybe a little bit longer, where they started bringing in jurors. Um, but in the last in the last year and a half, I've been observing there's there's trials going on, uh, and some of these cases are individuals that have been in custody since 2018, 2019, 2020. Jeez, they, they were about to get started, and then the pandemic know. hit, and and that just kind of uh, it, it stopped everything, yeah. put a halt to everything. Now, excuse me for expressing it this way, but these aren't Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. I mean, these are serious charges, and the court needed to keep these individuals incarcerated for these very serious charges, right? Well, a lot of them are very serious charges. Uh, I mean, everybody's a fort. They're all, they all have bonds. Some of them are, were unable to make bonds. Um, and so they stayed in custody. Uh, but, um, you know, they, they were requesting their day in court, which everybody's entitled to. Uh, and like I said, they, at, during the 2020, right when the pandemic hit, 21, and part of 22, we, they weren't able to bring jurors in uh, because the auditorium there, space confinement, they used to bring in a large panel once or twice a week. Now they're bringing in smaller panels almost daily. Uh, and I spoke to one of the clerks out there as they were bringing people in, and they were having probably 95, 96% of the people showing up on a daily basis for jury panels. So that's great. People are, are, are getting back in there um, and, uh, you know, letting the wheels of justice move forward. In talking with the sheriff and just asking how much maybe you've spoken with Eddie Guetta, is there a goal, a population goal at the jail that eventually we'd like to reach in Hidalgo County? Uh, yes, there is. Um, you know, under the jail commission standards, they have to be at a certain capacity there. Um, and I don't know the exact number, uh, but they need obviously to be below, below that number. You know, we 
at least since they opened that place, it was the day it opened, it was overcrowded. Uh, the the number of individuals, you know, being housed out of county um, has was increased during the pandemic, and I'm sure the cost to in, to house those inmates out of county has gone up. Not just because of the number, but just the actual cost of things. Uh, I guess as, of doing business. You know, we go to the grocery store, everything's higher. Yeah. Gas is higher. So it, it's costing the county more transporting them, gasoline Just, tires, so it costs more to transport them. Yeah. Um, and all those things have had a you know, crippling effect on, the, on our, uh, our county. You know, One of the more common infractions around here it happens on the weekend. Everybody getting together with El Primo and pisteando and drinking way yeah. too much, drinking and driving. That's a big issue. Do you think you're going to be very busy on the weekend? Do you have some extra staff helping you on the weekend to try to clear all these people that go to county and local city, county jails? I would imagine that's the big flood of court traffic is on the weekend. Yes, uh, DWI it, it's, DWI is a big problem statewide. Um, there, it's, it's a problem here in Hidalgo County as well. Um, we'll be working closely with all the stakeholders, our sheriff's office, the local police departments, our DPS, uh, in finding solutions, uh, you know, education is a big key uh, component there, you know, educating the people. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell people not to drink, but it's, it's uh, we can tell them to drink, you know, be smart about it. Yeah, no, and uh, it's also very, very clear. difficult, very difficult to release uh, repeat DOI individuals that just don't listen and are a threat to the community. Larry, we wish you the best. Please check in from time to time, see how your new position is doing. Our new court magistrate for Hidalgo County, Larry Esparza. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Checking the gauges of economic performance from our major markets in South Texas. Roy Rodriguez is our city manager for McAllen. Everything from recent sales tax performance for us in McAllen, maybe even for the region. And for the McAllen construction numbers and other top city hall projects, Roy, welcome back to KURV. Let's start with the sales tax performance of late. What trend do you see as far as retail sales for McAllen, Roy? Good morning, guys. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to report that sales tax continue to do very, very well. Um, it's doing well in the whole region. The whole valley is doing well. You know, you'll, you'll have a, a bleep here and there, but for the most part, Every city in the Valley is doing well, and we're doing exceptional, you know. We keep thinking that we're going to have to slow down one of these days and, mm-hmm. and reach a plateau, and it'll happen. And, you know, we have to be prepared for it. But so far, the last solid 24 months, maybe as close as 30, we've been doing really well. And, in fact, this past February report that we got from the Comptroller, which was sales in December of 2022, was the single highest payment in the history of McAllen, $10.6 million. Percentage-wise, how did that compare to the previous year? Do you know? Yeah, we're at 5.62% ahead of last year, which, as you recall, Sergio, last year was a record-breaking year for us. We reached a total of $90 million of sales tax revenue for the year for the first time ever, and we're 5.6% ahead of that. It sounds to me like we're staying close to inflation or maybe staying just ahead of inflation, depending on which, which figure you use. Edinburgh Mission, FAR, can you report Massimino's the same for them? Or are they also in the black? Yeah, they are. All of the cities around us are doing well. In fact, all cities in Hidalgo County and Cameron County. We still see this very large demand, both from the um, this side of the bridges and from Mexico. You know, ever since we opened the bridge a year and a half ago, we just saw an explosive growth. And even though we were maintaining very well, you could see, you know, you could see a tick up uh, when the bridge is opened and our friends and families from Mexico were able to come back. 
10-4. Construction numbers for McAllen. Roy Rodriguez, our city manager for McAllen, joining us right now. Construction, how are we doing compared to this time last year? Again, we're doing really well. We're a little bit ahead of last year. Uh, we're This last report that I got, uh, we've had $183 million of construction for the fiscal year that started in October. And uh, last year, we're at $177 million. So we're just ahead of it. Uh, but, but also keep in mind that, again, the last couple of years were record-breaking years again for, for construction and for addition to our footprint uh, and ad valorem revenue for McAllen. So, you know, you, I just see it uh, in a very positive way. The Rio Grande Valley is, is very healthy right now, and certainly McAllen is, and, and McAllen has to be. You know, we realize that we have to have a strong economy, and uh, the city commission is super focused on that. They insist that we provide an environment that, you know, development wants to occur, and, and that's our job. And so when you do that, all of these other things take care of themselves. The construction numbers, is that combined residential and commercial, or is that just commercial? Yes, yeah, okay. that is. That is that's a total uh, construction. So you divvy 50-50 between residential and commercial, or do we have one category heavier than the other? Well, commercial is probably uh, higher because, you know, those, those uh, uh, construction costs uh, leap up when you're, when you're looking at commercial yeah, uh, renovations or new construction. However, what we are seeing also, and we continue to see now for several years, is multifamily. There was, real, there was a real pent-up demand. Yep. For multifamily in McAllen, apartments. and uh, I don't know if you recall, but yeah, yeah. but but all you know, apartments, uh, uh, duplexes, triplexes, uh, townhouses, things like that. We did a self-initiated rezoning almost ten years ago, and uh, that had a very positive impact on us. Uh, we knew we we needed multifamily, and we continue to see it. Rod Rodriguez is our city manager for McAllen. You continue to have conversations on this 2040 vision plan. Tell folks what that is. Well, you know, from time to time, uh, a growing city needs to update what we call our comprehensive plan. And uh, our staff is doing an outstanding job. You know, I have an assistant city manager that's over over that operation. And my director of planning, uh, Edgar Garcia, is leading that. And so we, we went out to the community and recruited business people, developers, engineers, that not only use the comprehensive plan, but understand it and understand its impact. And so we've had a lot of public hearings, both here at City Hall and elsewhere. Uh, we've had Zoom meetings, and we want input from the community as to what our city should look like in 2040. And uh, things change, and demographics change, just like the traffic study needs to be done from time to time because traffic patterns change. Same thing with uh, with land use, and so this is a an overall comprehensive plan that looks at zoning and land use and and uh, arterials and collectors and so on. With the international bridge at Ansaldúas going full tilt commercial near future, I would imagine there's going to be a, a lot of prospecting, new industry coming to the area. So, what are some of the top city hall projects, either on infrastructure and laying down some pipe, power lines, whatever you need to do in order to receive some of this infrastructure or maybe more manufacturing coming to the area? Yeah, well, manufacturing, as you know, is so important for us, uh, especially here in McAllen. Uh, we have a fantastic relationship <clears throat> with the folks in Reynosa. The maquila industry uh, continues to be a big uh, economic engine for us. And so Anzalduas is very important because we just do not have the capacity to increase uh, maquilas uh, on both sides of the border. So that's what Anzalduas is going to do. Uh, and we support expansion to other bridges in the valley because we need them. Uh, one of the things that we're there, that we're focused on is the interchange on the interstate uh, I two and uh, Anzaldúas Highway, which is Bryan Road. Um, TxDOT is looking at um, uh, putting that on the MTP plan, uh, which which allows us to begin design, planning, environmental assessments, and so on. And that'll be the interchange that connects uh, the Anzaldúas Highway with I-2. Very important because here in a couple of years, we're going to have truck traffic northbound and southbound to Anzaldúas, and we need that complete interchange. So 
We've got a great relationship with TechStock. Everything we do, Santa Hill, has to do with relationships. And they have to be relationships of trust uh, that, that we're looking out for each other and ensuring that we're providing the best facilities that we can for our community. And that is a very important one, much like the FAR interchange. What's taking place at the Port of Brownsville with LNG and more manufacturing coming there, SpaceX and, and all that with our family in Brownsville, how does McAllen and the area tap into that? that energy in order to create better proposals and maybe bring some complementary industry and manufacturing support manufacturing for that here to the McAllen Mission Edinburgh area. Oh, yeah, we're prepared for that. You know, many years ago before uh, SpaceX ever happened, um, you know, our predecessors uh, were, were talking about that. And we've got an agreement that says that we we want to help. Um, and, and not only with talk, but financially. If we can identify industries uh, that are needed for SpaceX here in McAllen, uh, and we can implement those kinds of industry industries here, we're willing to, to help them financially. So that's the way you've got to look at things here in order for all of us to succeed. We've been talking about it. I heard you on the radio yesterday. Uh, I think it was with Mayor Ramiro. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got to take one step at a time. You know, this is kind of new territory for all of us uh, because we're so competitive. But on the other hand, I think that we're, we've learned that we've got to hold each other's hands and help each other through through all of this, and, and we'll make ourselves better. Roy, thank you for your time today. From City Hall, McAllen, our city manager, Roy Rodriguez. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.